Radio you got, you're supposed to be happy you sitting there with Kid L. Why you mad? The Kid L Podcast. Keep it on here. Rocking and rolling. We got T Stucky in the building. How you doing today, bro? We had some interesting ass conversations before the start. We'll get into it in a minute. We got some we got some some to talk about. But first of all, you did a song with my boy Eastside Agro. Oh yeah, you know that. And you, hey, did you watch the podcast with me and Eastside Agro? I've seen some of the clips here. You've seen some of the clips. Yeah. It's uh that's a that's a guy whose energy I would say as far as energy in Detroit, you can't really get higher than his amount of energy. Hell yeah. And the way he broke into the scene and the way he developed himself as an artist and made his name known is you know phenomenal the way he did it um talk about the collaboration between you two uh yep 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 so i automatically gotta go and give my brother props for that because a lot of the times man i be i be out the loop almost with a lot of this <laughs> shit man so my brother always know what the fuck going on rich boy toriano mafia baby t he always know what's going on so he tapping in and he like nigga <laughs> We ain't got shit with Eastside Eggro. You fucking up. <laughs> I'm like, what you mean? He like, man, we need to do a song with Eastside Eggro. I'm yeah. like, all right, well, how we do things, me and little bro, sometimes we'll get like a vision board or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And we'll just write out a whole bunch of plans. Yeah. So what we did was we shot to the Dollar General real quick and got a vision board. And we started writing down plans, what we was going to do. And by like 6 o'clock that same day, we like, all right, we always do this shit, but we don't never actually accomplish everything on the board. What's the first thing? He like, we need to do a song with Eastside Eggro today. Yeah. I'm like, nigga, tonight? He like, tonight. I don't even know, dog, though. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, so I got to call like my the, baby. Yeah, your brother knew, like, this is what makes the most sense. Same thing Nick, with... you got to do a mic adjustment real quick? Yeah, I'm going to do a real quick mic adjustment Okay. Quick. I think it just needs to be... Right. So what keeps you out of the loop with music as much... As far as knowing like who's hot and who's not, are you not paying attention to the scene or like how are you looking at it? Mm, like who hot and who not? How yeah. do I gauge that? Yeah. Oh uh, shit! Like I tell you, man, my when it comes to other people, my brother usually be on that type of shit. Mm-hmm. I'm really like a like when I get in my car, I'm not playing nobody else shit. And my cousins, my brother, everybody know you gonna hear my whole catalog, cause nigga, <laughs> you gonna hear every song I got, cause nigga, I'm finna. Bleed your motherfucking ears. <laughs> I ain't playing nobody else, fam. When I get in my ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so feel that. I really, I, I, I listen to these other cats and shit. When I, when I like it, I know it. And you know, I might tell myself that's hot. But majority of the time, I, I ain't really listening to other motherfuckers for real. To be honest with you. Yeah, but when we talk about not listening to anybody else, are you talking about Detroit or are you talking about everything? No, it's not no specific. I would listen to Detroit shit before I listen to. Mainstream? The next shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Detroit, see, look, man, I'm a, I, don't get it confused. I'm a fan of everything that we doing as a city, you know, as a whole, as a collective. Detroit, together, I'm a fan of all of that shit. Mm. And a lot of these guys I grew up listening to in Detroit. And now we are, like, representing, you know, the city. So I ain't got nothing against that. I'm a fan of that. I'm going to play that before I play these other motherfuckers she just off the strength that is Detroit, nigga. It's like, shit, put, put this shit on, you know what I'm saying? That's... That's one thing that always kills me when I see like major Detroit artists like they're, they're already accomplished, they're already successful, and then you'll see them promote already famous people. Right. Like, why are you promoting Future but not your boy, bro? Like, I never would understand that. Like, all right, man, you have the platform to put on your city. Why are you putting on the guys who already make it? Are you trying to make a connection with them? I get that, but that's not even how you really do it. They don't yeah, care. They don't do give it. a damn about your story repost, bro. Future uh, doesn't give a damn that you just reposted him, but your younger boy that's trying to come up in the game does care. 
Like, it matters. It helps him a lot. I've seen, I'll just say Sada Baby, for instance, promote younger artists in the city and their career will take off because right. he started supporting right. them. And he probably understands that he has the influence to do that, though. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, a lot of us don't really understand the power we hold. That's very, very, like, that. that's a deep, even me, like, I can post up some little niggas from my hood, and I got the followers that I have that's not normally looking at little dog. Yes. So now if I post them up on my page, the motherfuckers that's looking at me on the daily is going to be intrigued. And why am I posting him? Mm-hmm. I'm posting him, so it got to be something that's cool, or it got to be something that's, you know, so they want to go tap in and see what's up with little dog just because I posted it. Yes. That type of shit can go a long way. Yes. Um, you started your own YouTube page. Let's let's rewind a little bit. Uh, talk about you know just growing. You obviously you're from Detroit. You know that. Talk about growing up in Detroit a little bit. Um, and how it influenced your music. Um, growing up in Detroit. Uh, well, see, I gotta automatically go to the East Side West Side thing. So automatically, that's East Side West Side. I've been dealing with that my whole life because my mama from the East Side. <laughs> My daddy from the west side, mm. and I got a whole bunch of family on my mama's side, and I got a whole bunch of family on my daddy's side. We got bloods, we got crips. I mean, my family is like a motherfucking, <laughs> if we all come together, nigga, we're going to have a, a big-ass party. So being like that, I would hang out with my mama's side of the family on the east side, and I would hang out with my daddy's side of the family from the west side, my cousins and shit. So when I'm on these different sides of the, uh, you know, I'm learning different type of behavioral <laughs> environmental behavior type shit you know what i'm saying so yeah it really was like i had to choose which side i wanted to represent wow because i could have went either way with the east side west side shit like literally i got cousins right now east side like nigga and they be mad because i'm like west side representative you know so i always found that interesting when you talk about gang culture and east side west side and bloods and crips and stuff that like it's a person at the end of the day when you get down to the root of it it's a person now, they're identified with something, therefore you can't rock with them. Right. Like, right? So at the end of the day, just because they're identified with it, even though you don't know who the hell they are, then they never did anything wrong to you, they're still representing something that you're against. And so, like, did you, how did your mindset go as you're growing up and seeing that you're living on both sides, Bloods, Crips, East, West? Like, did you think about it like that? Like, I'm a part of this? Or did you look at it like, why are we doing this? Gangbanger? I mean, no, like, picking a side, essentially. Oh, um, man. When we was young, we was wild. So when you a young nigga, you got to represent something. You know what I'm saying? And like I say, I had cousins that was repre- representing East Side. That's what they throwing up. In our pictures from when we six and eight years old, they throwing up East Side, nigga. Like, we little kids gangbanging, like, throwing up gang signs. It's not literally, like, doing the shit, that, you know. But in representation, we was already knowing what's, you know, we... We representing, you knowing what you is. You see? Hmm. So on the west side, my my family, we throwing up PA. You know what I'm saying? I got other cousins from Joy Road. I got other cousins from Six Mile and shit. But, you know, my circle, we was throwing up PA. You know what I'm saying? And that's more what I recognize and more what I stuck with because of my daddy. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that's really, I, I chose to represent the west side. You see what I'm saying? But like I told you, I got family on both sides to this day. You know what I'm saying? My granddaddy, he grew up off seminar right across the street from Kettering. In the summertime when I fucked up, that's where I was at. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. Talk about 
your entry into music and when you started realizing like rap's going to be a part of your life because I, I did i mean i've looked at your youtube channel like i said i noticed that you, i mean i don't know you're posting on other places now on other platforms but last year was the year and the year before that where you were really staying more consistent on your own network on your own platform right uh, talk about when music was introduced to you and how you got involved with recording and becoming an artist well are we talking about in the beginning man i know you're probably tired of hearing me say this but i gotta automatically shout out ak because uh uh, he was really like one of the first people to take me serious with music. You know what I'm saying? And if y'all don't know AK, y'all should, but if y'all don't know AK, he was a Blade Icewood producer. Uh, AK, he did a lot of shit for like KDZ back in the day when he was popping. Bro, Street Lords, like, man, KDZ is that guy, right? And um, uh, rest in peace to my Uncle Proof because um, my Uncle Proof was supposed to be an essential piece into my music. But uh, I went with AK, and he was the person that groomed me and, you know, taught me how to be an artist. And we did shows, you know, I was the first, really one of the first niggas to bring Soldier Boy to Detroit at the Fillmore. You know what I'm saying? I showed out crowd. Anybody know that? I pulled the Range Rover up to the back door. We had the whole thing on camera. I come out with the Gucci book bag, throwing money out on stage. I had that bitch going crazy. I had to be like 13 years old. Well, how many artists had brought in Soldier Boy before you? I don't know. I don't know, fam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just asking. I was the first motherfucker to do it. <laughs> you were the first one to bring Soldier Boy to Detroit. Hell yeah, PA Dial. <laughs> wow, man. Um, that's young to be involved in that depth and that that level. To be 13 years old and you know making a move and making moves in the scene like that, right? I mean, that's not that normal. 13 is freaking young, right? Who else is that young that's doing that? Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's crazy. Well, man, I, you got to realize I'm a little different from most people, too, because, like, nigga, I'm supposed to have, like, like a like a golden spoon. You feel me? Like, and only reason I say this analogy is because my people being who they is. You know what I'm saying? And me being who I am and trying to overcome the situations that I kind of just was placed in. You feel me? I ain't no victim or I ain't no little nigga that was less fortunate or nothing. I mean, I know a lot of people that grew up how I grew up, fatherless, you know, they, they, they people gone and they got to be the man of the house at a young age. And so me being like the person that I am, I always just wanted more for me and all my people, all my family. We was trying to break the motherfucking cycle. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So that's really what niggas was on still to this day. We on the same type of time. We just trying to represent you know, for the ones that came before us. And me being in these type of positions, I just wanted to always represent to my fullest capability, you know what sure. I'm saying? Because I got, like, a whole bunch of shit that came before me, you know what I'm saying? And people look at those situations sometimes and be like, this is this is the example that was placed before you. You got to, like, either live up to that or try to go beyond that. And that's yes. sometimes challenging, like, with, with the resources that, that niggas got, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So... Um, now one thing you did just mention a second ago was your uncle being proof. Now is that like a blood relation? Or is that just like the OG to you? No, like like proof lived in our house. Oh wow. Like proof I mean not like everyday type shit, but like nigga, like proof is my real uncle, my daddy and proof brothers. Like not blood brothers, but like literally like grew up since Proof Mama gonna tell you. Proof mama is in my dad documentary. You know, proof being the person that he was and my daddy being the person that he was, you know, big stuck, big T stuck, big proof. These guys is, like I say, founders and representatives of <laughs> of a lot of that shit. Like Eminem, 
was Proof's homie. Yeah. And Proof is my daddy homie. My daddy was they like, they bag. Like, you see what I'm saying? He like, man, I'm finna sign y'all. I'm gonna make sure y'all do this. I'm gonna do that. My daddy was about to be the first person to sign Eminem. Really? Like, literally. Nigga, but he caught this major case. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, you would have to dive into the background of a lot of that type of stuff, but, you know. I mean, no, I kind of want to talk about that with you because if, you know, Eminem went to get to California and, and you know, the opportunity came for Dr. Dre to hear him and sign him. Yeah. And you do wonder why didn't somebody from Detroit sign Eminem, but you're saying your dad was the one who was going to sign Eminem. Definitely. So do you know the details of why it didn't happen or just... Yeah, my dad, daddy caught dad, a fucking major case and they asking these people to come in court and testify mm. and say, blah, blah, splee, splee, blah, you want to go in here and you about to be a multi-million dollar rapper and you want to represent this gangster. You show you want to do that or you want to go out there with Dr. Dre and you know, blah, blah, splee, splee, blah. So Whoa. this is the ties. It's getting deep. You and now Eminem knows your dad and knows that the opportunity's here. Shout out to Paul Rosenberg too. Yeah, the manager, Eminem's manager. Definitely. Yeah, and that, so that's fucking insane, man. Hold on, man. Bro, we got, bro, we can't just like I, I want to skip over it, and I know you don't want to get too deep into it because it's just about you. It's not about that, but that's fun. Like that, to yeah. say that is insane because people do wonder why Eminem wasn't signed from Detroit, and even some of the uh, you know guys bef- during the same time as Eminem, like the Street Lords and like through uh, uh, Rock Bottom and stuff like that. Who did he? Who did your dad? Bring up on his roster. Yeah, uh, proof. You know what I'm saying. Uh, you got to talk about the four fathers, Big Dog. You know Greg C. Brown. Uh, 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 you know I, I got to shout out Al Noop. Um, you know uh, Trick Trick. Shout out Uncle Trick. You know, good looking for doing that documentary too, uh, uh, Uncle Trick Trick. You know that's that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole documentary. So shout out to you for that. Um, and if y'all ain't went and seen the documentary, y'all gotta go tap in. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon. You know the T. Stucky story. Yeah, go check that shit out. Um, talk a little bit about now that you have all these inspirations and people so heavily engraved in the game, and the way you approached your career. Um, it seems like you didn't take advantage of it. <laughs> people say that a lot, bro. So what happened in your life that made you go? I know I have that bag if I need that bag, but I don't. I'm gonna do this instead. Um, my pride, man. Damn. Hell yeah, my pride, and because I had these these talks with my pops all the time because he feel like I'm supposed to use the stuff that I got to my advantage, and I don't want to disadvantage myself either. But at the same time, I'm a person that 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 had to go get it from nothing, bro. Like all of this just started with an idea. I get my pops, you know, he had Motor City Records and all that, but it's kind of like all that shit died down when he went to jail. You see what I'm saying? I started this up, like, from an idea of mine, like, man, now I want to do this shit. Nobody was right. I'm going to, like, make you do this, or you got to walk like this, and you got to talk like that. You got to carry a gun to protect yourself. You got to do this. You got to do that. Nobody mm. taught me those things. This was something that I just said, man. Mm. This is how a gangster move. This is how Terry gonna move. This is how I wanna move. So that's how I wanted to be. Hmm. And I wanted to do music from an early age. I yeah. was doing it from an early age. And when I was doing it, I was true to myself. I was rapping about positive things as a kid. You feel me? I was rapping about having good grades, always going to school, being fresh in class. You know hmm. what I'm saying? I wasn't one of them little young niggas rapping about popping guns and shit like that because I wasn't doing it at the time, bro. I went to good schools. 
I was living in a, a nice neighborhood at the time. My mama had a rich boyfriend, so we was <laughs> we was pretty well taken care of at that yeah. time until we wasn't. You feel me? So I just wanted to be a certain type of person, and I wanted my music to 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 like to really resonate with certain type of people. And then I once so I really realized what my story really is and like stop lying to people <laughs> and stop trying to fabricate it and make it bigger than what it was i just said fuck it i'm gonna be satisfied with my true self and i'm gonna make people like this version of me so it stopped being about the money and it stopped being about trying to be tough and running around fighting everywhere and trying to do this pa down we're gonna beat each other to me it was more like man how i'm gonna make my kids rich and once I did that, that's when I really started made my own YouTube page. I, I started getting into the business of the music because it's like I'm gonna take it serious. I'm seeing it happen all around me. Right. So I didn't necessarily want to use my pops and all of these people as leverage to make this shit happen for me. I wanted people to like me just because my music is dope. And I respect the hell out of that. Um, in retrospect, when you do look at that decision that you made, do you go like, well, I shouldn't have looked at it that way? Or do you go like, no, I'm glad I did it the way I did it? Yeah, I look at it like, shit, I'm glad it is what it is. You know what I'm okay. saying? You know, but at the same time, people don't like 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 people that's close to me. They it's like it's like almost like a perping thing. You feel me? Because if I don't get up here and say this type of stuff, everybody thinks I'm some privileged little nigga that my daddy had X, Y, and Z, and then like I just grew up rich as hell. Like that's what a lot of people think about me. You feel me? And I mean, I would love that to be the the case, and I love that to even be like the the, the you know the narrative. Sometimes I let people have that. You know what I'm saying? But it's other people that's around, and they like, damn, man, I got to go in on this bottle with this nigga. Damn, man, we at the section. This bitch cost 2000 Shit, T got 1500 on it, but I might need to put 500 with it. Hell yeah, y'all got to do that. I'm not I'm not my daddy. Like, you get what I'm saying? I'm not the financing. I'm not the bag, nigga. Y'all got to sort that shit out and come in as an equal or get the fuck on. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. The expectation of what you should be because of somebody else, even though it is your father... It was something where you were like, I don't want to follow that line. I'm not going to do that. Which everybody does need to be their own man. But I don't I don't know. I think it's okay to take advantage of the resources around you as long as you handle it responsibly and you become a greater influence of it. Because you do see like spoiled ass rich kids that are like they're because their pops is rich and then they're like, Oh man, fuck all y'all, I'm gonna handle mm -hmm. shit the way I wanna handle it. Fuck you, I'm gonna do this to you and do that to you. And some people We'll be like, fine, I don't care what you do to us as long as we get to stay around you. Right. But I don't want you around me in real life. If, if you Only only people who have no like confidence in who they could become take yeah. advantage of their resources. <laughs> and to take advantage <laughs> no, of the people real, around them. I feel them. what you mean by that. Like, they ain't confident enough to be themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like, my dad is this person. So, like, but for you, I mean, you're talking about major shit here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even even with Proof being being affiliated with Proof... And how deep he was and how rooted he was in the game. Like, I would have definitely called Proof every day. Son, uh, what's up? Fuck yeah. Um, I call AK daily, all the time. When when you, when you were coming up, were you you weren't looking at it like that, were you? No. No, when I was coming up, I was confused why I had a light at all. Like, I didn't yeah. understand nothing until I probably turned light. Man, like, I thought it was all about me as a kid, bro. And you got to realize my daddy was locked up. 23 and 1, like, he don't know his son out here doing no rapping. Nobody's, like, on the line telling him, like, man, your son, sweet as hell. No, nah. Proof was the first person to tell my daddy, like, man, you know your son rapping with AK. He was the first person to tell my daddy that, like, uh -huh. I had to go find AK on my own. Like, me and my mama squatted up from Atlanta and drove all the way to Detroit. 
I'm driving up and down out of drive looking for this nigga AK because Lil Terry want to rap. So it's like my mama, she got to get the big house, bro, because it's from a, from a little nigga. I'm hey, nigga. And she drove from Atlanta, family. Like, all right, you want to rap? This a this a kid. My daughter eight right now. My daughter tell me, yeah, daddy, I want to sing. I'm like, okay, cool, okay, baby. My mama drove me from Atlanta to Detroit. Like, nigga, we gonna we gonna find. All right, don't worry about it. Like, and it really from there, I really became like a little rapper, bro. I thought it was all about me. What made you decide between Proof and AK? It wasn't a decision, man. Proof is a Proof was a different type of person. You feel me? My daddy is a different type of person. You see what I'm saying? So AK is a musical genius. You see what I'm saying? Like, you got Lil T, y'all want him to run around here and be a gangster, or y'all want him to run around here and be with AK and actually get this music shit done? My daddy, he would have rather me been with Proof. (laughs) My mama, she would have rather me been with AK. You understand that. Wow. So you made a more of a decision about lifestyle, because like you said, your music wasn't about what the general shit was about, the gangster rap and all that stuff. So why would you go on the side where, I mean, I don't know Proof's life. I'm not going to say anything about his life, but what you see from the outside is like he was living like, and he was living a certain type of lifestyle. I mean, from what you see from the media, at least, like when you see from the media, you know, it feels like he's on the grittier side of things. Like it's not like he was- He got killed in a bar. That's what I'm saying. He got shot in the head. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't, like that direction. Right. That can only probably happen if you, you're living a certain way, right? More than likely, not to speak on it, but just to say, like, I'm saying we having an interview right now. No, shit. yeah, I know. I'm just saying, it's like, reality, bro. I don't like speaking on stuff I don't know because I'm getting in a lot of trouble with it. But when I looked at proofs, his what was going on, it from what I've seen and heard, it's like, damn, that's not the best direction. Like, <laughs> <laughs> not the best direction. No, I would say that, man. It's just life, bro. Growing up on Puritan Avenue, man, and, and and coming up and starting from nothing, bro. You got to realize what's proof's story. Think about his story. Think about his story. He grew up as a young nigga on the block with with scraps, and they putting this shit together, hustling. And he comes up with this white boy. <laughs> nigga, nobody in the hood accepted that. Like, nobody, oh, you with the white boy, y'all doing something. Get the fuck out of here. Why you rolling with this? Y'all ain't doing shit until they did it. You get what I'm saying? So it's like proof story is out cold, nigga. Like, you got to be savage, and you got to be a little arrogant and bossy to come from Puritan Avenue, nigga, and actually be somebody. So I only expect for him to carry himself a certain type of way. You know what I mean? So when I look at it and say, like, shit, uh, he was a bad influence or this and that and that, and this, no. Shit, he probably would have just taught me how to move a certain way early. You know what I mean? That's Mm. how I look at it because it ain't really no good and bad. Well, what direction did you take as far as, you know, you go with AK and everything like that? How did your music career progress from that? And were you only focused on music? Or was there a lot of other things happening at the same time? Well, shit, man. I wanted to go to college and shit. So I did uh, the childhood rapping shit as a little nigga. And then it really turned into sports. So, like, once I got into high school, it really, the music died down, and it really turned to sports for me. I wanted to be, like, Mike Vick or some shit, but I was short as hell, so the <laughs> shit just wasn't going to work out. <laughs> but then I got suspended my senior year, and I lost a little couple scholarships that I had. It was some D2 schools I was going to go to. So I lost a little scholarships and shit that I was going to have. And, um... From there, just was, it went it went back to to shit, selling weed and shit like that. It was like, man, fuck the sports. So then, 
shit from there it went to the i went to school and my brother was back at the house and every time i would come at the come to the house he in the back room with the laptop him and my cousin rich robin jigging and they back there learning how to record they self, learning how to make music so i love to, to to put my influence over my brother and my cousin but to they seen me do it first but to get them niggas they own respect they was in that back room on their own i was not back there with them you feel me they was in the back room cooking up on their own you know what i mean and i really became a fan of what they was doing wow you see what i'm saying my brother my cousin they was in the back room cooking and my little brother sounded like lil wayne back there uh-huh. i'm like nigga you figured this shit out nigga. like he like yeah so now little bro he rapping and now little bro is really carrying a torch with the music shit. You see what I'm saying? And like I tell you, he always knew what to do. So he say, nigga, I want to do a song with HBK. I say, all right, we're going to get it done. Even though Dog reached out to me first, my brother said, we're going to do it. We got it done. He say, nigga, I want Cash Doll to be in this video. I say, all right, come on. We're going to make this shit happen. We get it done, right? TB on there, you know, uh, uh, we, we shut down Puritan. This shit had to be like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's like a real Puritan, like, this is when we really engraved ourselves in our neighborhood. Everybody like, oh, Stucky Kids is rapping. And then it went from from that to us opening up for Ray, Ray Schumer and August Alcina mm. and, and uh, shit, doing shows around the city. It just, like, it never stopped, but it never went like how we would have wanted it to, you know what I'm saying? I don't went out to California and we didn't got placements on TV shows. Our music is on a TV show called uh, The Quad, BET. Mm. Shout out to my auntie Sarah because she's a producer over at BET. Oh, cool. So that's heavy, you know what I'm saying? She plugged us in with that, so that's a... Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, with the way that you guys were smartly pl- making the plays, right? Like... Staying hip to keeping your ears to the streets, but also knowing what's gonna what's gonna help pop off and everything like that. Um, one thing we did talk about earlier was uh, the BMF series. Yeah. And uh, season three, you're gonna be a part of it. Yeah. And talk about how that came to play, and like, can you talk about your role, or is that like undercover right now? Uh, let's talk about how it came into action, came into play. Um, so I was doing some Detroit films already, and. Um, I was I was supposed to go pull up on the OG Southwest team, you know. I pull up on OG, and I'm showing my respects and everything because he hadn't been out long, you know. So I'm showing my respects and everything, and um, it just kind of came into into a conversation of how he had a little creative control over season two, and that he might be able to, you know, do some favors. So it wasn't nothing that I had asked for. But it was something that kind of was like, it's a possibility. I don't know if I'm really going to be able to make it happen, but I might be able to make it happen. So I was like, shit, that's enough for me. But then I took that and I ran with it. So I ran with that in the beginning. Like, bitch, I'm about to be on BMF. Like, I don't care if it was like a little quick little scene that was just like, show my face real fast. And that was the case for like eight months. But just recently, he called me back and he like, nephew, I ain't forgot about you. And I'm like, yo. You know, I took the acting classes, uh, <laughs> what up? He like, yeah, you know, uh, at first it was going to be an extra role. Now I'm thinking about, you know, we, we, we working towards getting you a main role. And I'm like, okay, shit, that's heavy. 
And then it was something about cutting my hair or something like this and that. I'm like, okay, okay, y'all moving fast. But we we got we putting everything together, cool, you know. Man. And if the opportunity come all the way, you know, because I'm gonna be in it for sure. But how I'm gonna be in it is really still in the air right now. That's so cool though, man, to be part of associated with that. And uh, you know, that's like the most talked about TV show for the black culture right now that I'm hearing go around the more so. Right. BMF is the most, especially for Detroit. It's our culture, man. Yeah. And it's weird that 50 Cent put it together. It's like, well, I guess it makes sense too, but... That's the whole highlight of it to me. 50 Cent? Nigga, if I get to meet 50 Cent... Uh, what? I'm um, freestyling. As soon as I meet 50, nigga, I'm giving that nigga a whole 50 bars. <laughs> um, So, when the documentary, did they ha- did they get a lot of the information from you? No. They don't ever got to come to me for info, bro. The streets are no more than I know. But it's your pops. Right. So, like, the person who... I'm in a documentary... That's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't talk to you. Like, can't, did they try to get resources from you? And get yeah, them for me? sure. Well, tell everybody about the documentary. A lot of people know. I know Trick Trick. When I seen, I got you got to talk to Trick Trick for me. Tell him to come on the podcast one day. But I seen that video come out, and I seen that he he was promoting it and everything like that. And I was like, this is probably why he didn't come on my podcast because he's doing biggie shit like this. Yeah. He's gonna tell a story on that platform. Why the yeah. fuck would he tell it on a smaller platform? But um, talk about the documentary, how it came to play, and when you first heard that it was like. Being, your dad's story was being told comes from AK and like I say I was a freshman in college just graduated high school I was at Central State University HBCU in Ohio and uh, AK called me and said man we doing a documentary on your daddy and like I say at this time it's just like me and my pops wasn't t- I'm a little nigga for real it's like you got so many other people to really like communicate with and talk to like I might talk to him once a month and when we talk, it's what you doing in school, how everything going. Like, he don't even know, like, nigga, I'm in full hustle mode. Because, like, nigga, you know what I'm saying? So, it's just like, he, he like, man, you know, uh, you. I'm like, AK doing a documentary. He like, yeah, you know, well, we putting something together. I don't think he really understood the magnitude of what they was building. Because the documentary is almost representation of the story at this point right now. And, you know... Yeah, cool. You know, so it's like shit. That's that's the representation, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? So, a lot of the facts that's on the documentary is just like we wanted to 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 show the innocence within the case. That was really more so the focus of the documentary. It wasn't to brag or boast about street credit or X, Y, and Z. It really was like shit. This is what the fuck happened in the case. Y'all need to pay attention. Fuck every. What's my name in the streets? These motherfuckers got off on me. Like that's really that's that's what the documentary most of mm, was about. Mm. It's kind of like a reach to people to tell them like, hey, this is what how the case went down, and this is why there was unjust. Like Fuck some yeah. of the shit wasn't just. Right. The part that I contributed to the documentary, uh, I got on there and I told them about life in Atlanta, how life was. We had a nice house out in Atlanta, and they had a studio in the back room, and I would tell you about uh, how they wouldn't let me in there. And when I first got in that room and stood on the chair in front of the microphone, that was my first time acting like I was a little rapper. So that was, like, big to me because it's one of my first memories of, you know, like when you foreshadow some shit or you, you you a little nigga and you like, or even right now, if you got dreams or something like that, you can see it in your head. I've always been able to, like, visualize, like, myself doing certain things. Like, still to this day, I got this vision of me, like, 
being in front of millions and thousands of people and I got the mic, everybody got their camera lights up and it's just like dark and like I got my motherfucking shirt off, all my jewelry on and I'm doing one of my songs and everybody in that bitch like, that's what, that's like one of my visions. And one day, or until it do, then it's like something I'ma always just think about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was a little nigga in front of the microphone like, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it's like shit, I'ma be a rapper now. And I just stuck with that shit since all the way back then to this day people done been telling me like bro why you don't go to get your cdl why you don't just go be a truck driver why you don't you know what i'm saying go go work at a dispensary or do this or do that or why you don't just go get you a job and please please you know what i'm saying they always ask me that and i always just have to tell them like music is gonna eventually sort it out for me and it always has you know what i'm saying music always sorted it out for me yeah um so you just stay focused on the music like you know, um, with the passion behind it, and I like how you talked about how you walk, you know, you walked in on your homies like making music, and it, because they were inspired by you, but it re-inspired you to get back into music. So what once inspired them, inspired you to get back in the booth and start grinding again. Yeah, um, that's true. Talk about what your plans are right now as far as music and how you're strategizing. Uh. Right now, I got so many plans in my motherfucking head, boy, man. We got to do billboards. Um, <laughs> billboards. A lot of ad promotions and shit. Um, I don't think billboards work, man. That's what... That's what. Somebody else told me that same motherfucking thing, and I told him I don't care. I just, it's like a vision of mine. Remember I told you that I got to look up there and see my motherfucking face driving down the motherfucking... I, I see gotta, that for sure. It could be a motivational thing. Yeah. But I don't know if those billboards... I don't want to hurt nobody's business. I already know somebody who does that shit, but... <laughs> I always think, like, I never looked at a billboard and was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hit that motherfucker up. The only people I think that sticks in my brain is, like, a lawyer... Like, yeah, like Goodman and Acker. It's like, all right, I can't forget Goodman and Acker for Sound some Sound good, man. Oh, yeah. But there's some fine, there's this one fine ass girl that I always see on the billboard. She's a lawyer, and I'm like, but I don't remember her fucking name. I remember her face. She's stupid. She needs to, like, is that her name? Uh, the, the, the chick with the red lipstick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. she got red lipstick. Yeah. I was going to say that. That's crazy. She, I know who you're talking so about. Creepy. Some of those are just like, Jamana, Jamana, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. So what if it's about how sweet your billboard is? Yeah, but then I don't remember the name. I just remember the face, which is a good thing, though. It's a good thing to remember somebody's face. Yeah, yeah. Put my face on one of them bitches. They don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow you can get some booty on there, like you're slapping it. <laughs> nobody would ever forget that. You know. You're doing an adjustment, Nick. Uh, I'm actually gonna pull that. Okay. Uh, talk about um. Like, we were just talking about marketing and strategizing yourself and kind of, not even just that, but, like, what's your plans as far as your artistry right here? I feel like it's a reboot mode, but, um, you know, how you're thinking about it and how you want to put your music out and the content of right. what it's going to be. I got to turn my shit on, too. You mm -hmm. feel me? Turn my shit on volume, too. And that's coming out. Uh, right now, I'm about to work on the, on the feature portion of it. Mm. You know, I got about 50 songs to choose from, but uh, I'm working on the feature portion of it. We finna do a couple of features on my project. But me and my brother got a joint project called uh, Territory. You know, it's a play on words because my name's Terry mm. and my brother named Tori. Fucking brilliant. Hell yeah, so Territory. That's actually yeah, fucking and, brilliant. And, and we got a sweet-ass <laughs> cover art that's half of my face and half his face. That's cool. And we look just alike. You can't even tell that it's either me or if it's him. You don't, You can't really tell. That's so sweet. we just split our shit down the middle. I like how you did that because a lot of people don't put thought into shit anymore. Yeah. You actually like think you guys thought it through with this one. Yeah, yeah. And in the back of, of the picture, it got a Detroit, like a map of Detroit in the back of that bitch. That's cool as fuck. Hell yeah. Yeah, um, yeah man. Uh, 
I, I, I get where you're at. Like, I look at it from an oversight, like, overview. Like, I can really look at people's third perspective of where you're at. You're very, very fucking talented. Your music's good. Appreciate you got what it takes. You got everything. I just know it's probably more so of, like, how much do I want to be involved to the max capacity when you got to live the life you got to live. But for you, it's like, this is the time. Yeah. And maybe the BMF thing spiked it even more, knowing you got it. You got what it takes. You know, you can come back and do what you got to do. But I feel like this is going to be your big, big moment type thing. Yeah, for sure. Where you really make it happen. What's the biggest motivating factor right now for you? My kids. Mm. For sure, my kids. And uh, making my parents proud, man. So, yeah. That's probably the biggest thing for me. Um, I want to, I want to. I just know like I got a lot of influence over over people that's that's close to me and and even as like through social media, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to use my influence to create a whole bunch of millionaires. Yeah. So I think that's a motivation within itself, you know? So I'm just trying to I got like big goals, big plans and uh I don't think like I think people know I'm talented musically, but I don't think they they really respecting my brains with this shit yet and it's because i ain't showed them so i'm not only an artist i'm a fucking ceo i'm a manager i'm this like i i, I got so many hats that i've been wearing coming up because it's not only me it's my brother it's my cousin you know and we've been doing video after video and we've been doing shows after shows and we've been doing all of this stuff it, it all had to be organized yeah you know what I'm saying? Everybody got to talk to somebody. I'm that person for for us. So that that's that's a job. That's a title. I'm doing all of that while I'm still focused on my own music. Yeah. So what I want to be able to do is just like build up a real strong squad, a real strong team. And I feel like that's going to happen after one of us take off first. Like one of us get the get get the buzz and get it going. It don't have to be me. It can be one of them. My role's still going to be the same. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's gonna all help us. Once one go, it's put the light on the next one. Put the light on the next one. We boop boop boop, and that's what they doing in Atlanta. That's what we gotta do. Yeah, and I wish people would adopt that mentality more though. Like if you're starting off a group, if you're building a group of artists around you, you don't have to be the one that takes off in your group first. Right. It's okay to let the guy who you know's got the spark and has more talent at that moment to take the lead, and you just help him and push him and push him because more than likely he'll come back and pick you up and take you with him. And not only that, now your whole group has a shine on them. But look so, at this. Look at Peasy's situation, bro. Mm. He's genius, man. And it's like, Rio is so fucking talented, dude. He like on track to be one of the best rappers in Michigan. Yeah, the microphone. Huh? You can move the mic around if you need to. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. You yeah. Just, yep. No, I just say like, uh, like the Peasy situation, like he, like look at the Rio dude. Like, he on track to be, like, one of the best rappers in Michigan, bro. And he would have never had this opportunity if PZ would then be like, hey, I see this in him. Yes. Now, if he was like, nigga, no, nah, he, I'm, you know, he, or he, he better than me or I'm better than him. I, I can't, if that was in his head back and forth, he would have never been able to, to, to seek the, the reward behind being a real nigga and a genuine nigga and yeah. bringing somebody up with him. You see what I'm saying? Facts. Soda baby and skillet baby, same exact exactly. same you see exact what I'm saying? situation. It ain't about really who more talented, bro. It's both of us. It don't matter. You don't forget about me. You my man's. 
Fuck all this fame and woo woo. When, when it come down to it, nigga, we in my crib, you gonna sleep on my couch, nigga. When I come to your crib, nigga, I'm gonna sleep on your couch, nigga. Fire. Brothers. Like, that's what it is. Super fire. Listen, man, it's been great having you on, bro. This was a great story. I know I'm gonna have you back on again. No doubt. We're gonna keep updated in, uh, in your career path, especially now that you're gonna break into acting, which is really awesome. Um, hope to see you around more, bro, and staying like this is the one where the foot's got to stay on the pedal and just keep pushing. Yeah, yeah. And I love I love your story and I love uh, the pride factor that you put into it. I respect you highly for that. When you when you said that you have all these opportunities around you, but you didn't want to you didn't want to sacrifice the pride for it. I really respect that. Everybody's their own man at the end of the day. Um, I appreciate you being a part of this. Uh, we're at Parallel Sound Studio. High Low Visual is shooting these productions. We're out. No doubt. Peace.